My word, first podcast of cocktails and questions in this brand new year of 2018. Years off to a good start, this podcast was off to a dark one, man. We talked about how everyone's stealing your identity and all this stuff and what we did and did not get for the holidays. But it's all right, man. It was great to be back in the studio with the crew. Great to be back with you listening. I hope that your holiday and your new year treated you exactly the way that you not deserved, but definitely wanted, man. Looking forward to a great year ahead. Again, little bit of a tease towards the end we talk about how we've collaborated with uh, an artificial intelligence engine near and dear to our heart to create some great ai inspired music this is not it in the background that you're hearing right now but tune into the entire episode for a couple seconds if not minutes of some ai inspired creative music at the end for the entire cocktails and questions podcast crew happy new year tune in drink up this is cocktails and questions Okay, phones down, phones off, drinks in, back straight. We're back. It's 2018, Cocktails and Questions, first podcast of the new year. Does that make it number one? Mm, uh, I think it makes it uh, 13.1. Yes. Okay, 18.1. 18.1, technically this is the 13th podcast, um, which is approximately 12 more than I thought we'd get through. (laughs) And we have about 12 more listeners than I thought we'd ever get. So we're back together, man. Fellas, how was the holiday? How's it coming back in, sliding into 2018? How was it? Holiday was good. It was was good. good. I made it through. Uh, Feeling still a little hungover from December. Emotionally or physically? Yes. A little bit of both? All the way. Column A, column B? I didn't gain a single pound. I gotta be honest, that was a real achievement considering the amount of Alcohol had to digest. Just to remind you of the the rules, we hit the buzzer on uh, buzzwords and bullshit. That's not bullshit. (laughs) I didn't get a single phone. I'm excited. All right. Well, I'm proud of you, man. I'm Mm -hmm. proud of you. Um, Any highlights, lowlights? What are we thinking? Man, we were talking about it. So Brandon and I, if you guys remember, listeners who listen to every podcast, which I'm sure all of you did, uh, we ordered the Tasty One Plate. Mm. And uh, I got mine. You got yours? Yes, sir. Yeah. What color did you get? Black, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. This thing was massive. I got this package, and when I pulled it out, I thought, oh, man, they just they just must have really wrapped this thing up. The thing has got to be about 15 inches across. Easily. It takes up my entire countertop. That's right. And uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed. Just, just by the that footprint. That was my alone. Christmas present that I got for myself, like, in <laughs> August. Yeah. And, and just to, to go back in time, we... we you know, I was, we were big on it, and like the future of cooking is anytime you can introduce people into complex theories, you know, uh, or, or methods simply. So this thing sous vide, it's smart, it's connected to your mobile device, and in, in, in the menu library behind Tasty, and the concept was great. But I, I feel the same, man. I got this box, thought the same thing. Surely this thing is just chock full of styrofoam. Nope, it's all hardware. Um, which is, you know, it's neither here nor there. But my biggest thing is uh, I couldn't get it to stay on. Did you get yours? Did you successfully cook with it? Did you? No, try? I just looked at it and I decided I hated it. So I haven't used it yet. Another technology paperweight. <laughs> James, you have a few early of those? adopters, man. You're what like, about you? What'd you get for in? Christmas? Um, 
I myself, I didn't, I didn't really get much because I'm like in that curmudgeonly stage where I'm like, well, I'm paying for it anyhow, so don't give me nothing. But um, <laughs> I got my wife an Instapot, which actually was a very popular topic on Amazon. Um, and specifically, she asked for it, which was great because normally she's like, don't give me anything because I'm the one who pays for it. I'm like, no, I'm the one who pays for it. Um, anyhow, uh, the thing, though, was my, <laughs> my, my, children, children, go, my yeah. kids. So, so your wife my, doesn't, not my, one of the 12 she, listeners. She's not, she doesn't listen okay, to this. She doesn't even really think I have a real job. She's, just, she's like, you just managed to bring home we'll one time, time stamp that and just delete the, the, all I spent most of my time thinking about how UPS was pulling it off, right? Because they've been straining over the years to try and sort of manage this transition in that Amazon's been charting in in terms of not only like delivery, but like how to like deal with the utter meltdown that is a late package, you know, around Christmas. And for good example was um, not on UPS, but on the merchant store for a YouTube influencer that my son loves named Moosecraft. And uh, Moosecraft, all he does is scream into this microphone about um, Minecraft all the time. And so he really wanted two human? things. He only wanted two things, an unspeakable shirt. Unspeakable is another YouTube influencer and uh, Moosecraft. And the Moosecraft thing is like they didn't send me a tracking order link when I ordered it, which should have been my first flag. And they sent an email. It's like, no, it's on its way. It'll be there before Christmas. And then every day you get closer and closer. I'm like, I just wanted a freaking T-shirt for my son. And of course, it arrived like four days after Christmas. And I had a meltdown about it. And they were very nice. They're sending me a free Moosecraft T-shirt on top of it. But I just like <laughs> spent a lot of time thinking about like Thanks for nothing, what it's like Moosecraft. to be UPS this time of year. It's tough, man. It's, I think we're, it's a we're hard business. Wander once again into the void of figuring out how old James Landon is. <laughs> <laughs> is exactly he's, he's, meltdowns he's over ageless. t-shirts of moosecraft he's YouTube ageless influencers. all right what about so you asked uh for nothing so you got nothing other than disappointment from moosecraft that's not true i got some really cool kansas jayhawks rock chuck jayhawk okay gear from my wife she's thoughtful that uh-huh. was cool those things are not supposed to be in the same sentence yeah that was cool weird. and rock chalk you know it's cool winning the league title 13 years in a oh, row snap matching ucla for the record what about you, man? Did you get anything special other than the disappointment of Tasty One Plate? I'm big on Tasty. Just real quick, caveat. They'll sort it out. Go ahead. Uh, I bought myself a new car. Attaboy. And uh, Yeah, I did. And it was the worst experience I've had in all of 2017 as a consumer. Okay. Did you go to Carvana and they I put did the giant not, quarter I did not in the do that, but I should have. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, went to the dealer, uh, 12 hours across three dealers, uh, finally got through, and honestly, they just beat the living shit out of me until I finally said, okay, I'll just buy this car because I've got so much sunk time into it, but I got to go. I got to go pick up my daughter. I got to be gone by five, and it took them two and a half hours to take my check. Unbelievable. Unbelie- oh unbelievable. A what, check? what place? Yeah, a che- and I had check. to write a check. I had check. to write a check. I mean, what am I going to like bring a bunch of cash in there or like, uh, no, what they, you are is like, the person I don't stand behind yeah. in the grocery store. That's what you are. <laughs> but they, but seriously, they, what industry would make you, you didn't like bring like a checkbook, did you? Yeah, it was huge. It was right. actually it's one of those golf like, checks, you know? <laughs> I, yeah. Checkbook. I just won a golf tournament. And so I just, I just signed <laughs> it over. Can I send this over to you third party? But I was just trying to think about what industry would you have a 12 hour purchase process and then your cart your cart was two and a half hours. I mean, it's ones like, that are going out of business. Yeah, yeah. quickly. It, okay. it was it was amazing. Any uh, so that was a disappointment. Yeah. So I'm gonna pile on and with a disappointment, which will bring us to our first sort of topical thing of things that we didn't. I had a, I had a great time, super relaxing. I was actually successful in turning off for one of my first times ever. It was great. You know, did as little as possible, um, which means a little a lot. But um, 
talking about hearables. Uh, episode 11 of this podcast, mm-hmm. I was talking about earables. It somehow um, evolved into hearables. And something that I was really looking forward to that I was going to buy myself, and I didn't, so I shouldn't say it's that big of a disappointment, but this thing called a human charger. Have you guys heard of it? Outside of me I, I have, bemoaning yeah. it. But mostly yes. because you were talking about how you wanted it. Yeah, yeah. so just real quick, um, for those people who haven't heard of what a human charger, it is... Uh, in-ear light therapy so everyone's familiar with light therapy and the various wavelengths that make you feel one way or another and it's they're all external human charger 149 dollars in-ear light therapy that delivers light directly to the light sensitive portions of your brain um which you got on this thing about hearables you actually taught me about the term i'm so you had to back up real quick yeah how how does how does that work hey man i don't work for human charger i just read their marketing site i get turned on and i kind of want to give them 150 bucks i just saw it at 2 a.m on channel 357 and decided that i had to get it It was right next to the squatty potty did did you guys see trumpy bear that actually no go to trumpybear.com that's it'll blow your fucking mind i'm not joking trumpybear.com okay sorry quick aside so human charger so so you didn't get it did not know if it works I, should, I mean, technically, it should work, I guess, based I on understand not it. science, but magic. In it, which I believe in, mm-hmm. which you should never grow up. And from two sort of authorities that I trust in, in human optimization, who actually regularly call bullshit on a lot of stuff. So to get people that I tend to listen to to say, hey, man, I'm, you know, this thing kind of works for me. Like, I'm in. I'll, it's a $150 bet I'm willing to make. I just haven't made it yet. So you brought the, the point of hearables, which is yep. probably the worst terminology that we'll hear throughout 2018. Well, Audible already had Audible. So it's not Audibles. It's got to be here. That's all they had left. Well, I think football had Audibles, but that's different. Yeah, but I don't think they had it trademarked. So this this is kind of the buzzword of 2018, yeah. I, I think. I think we're, we're going to hear more and more about it. There's a, a ton of investment going into the space. The latest numbers I saw are that the hearables market will be a $40 billion market by 2020. And there's a lot of investment going into this. So there's the Hear One, uh, the Braggy, there's there's all of these. Uh, and then the Apple Earpod, the Apple AirPods. Do you, which do you want to back Pixel, up real quick? Pixel Buds too. Yeah. You want to back up and just talk about a hearable? Like what defines a hearable? Yeah. So hearable uh, for the probably most common that everybody's seeing is either the Pixel Buds or the Apple AirPods. Uh, but think of them as a wireless uh, earphone uh, or ear, you know, earbud that uh, the difference with a hearable, I think as defined is that it has some sort of artificial intelligence or assistant. Okay. And so it can kind of operate on its own. So today think as opposed to thinking about it as just a set of earphones, think about it as something that can take uh, voice commands. Uh, so most of the interactions are by voice some have touch, but for the most part, you're communicating to these things through voice, uh, and it controls your smartphone. Uh, and I think what's interesting is in 2018, what we're going to see a lot more of is uh, hearables that actually are independent. So probably have their own cellular connection, um, have their own artificial intelligence built into it, and kind of like the movie Her, just allow you to dictate commands and make cool shit happen. So you referenced your AirPods. Yep. So you have them? I have them. I love them. Tell me. Yeah. I love them. Agreed. You told me about them, and I actually thought they were the stupidest thing ever. And my wife bags on me every time I walk out. She literally falls on the floor (laughs) laughing because she thinks I look like such an asshole. I see that. And I probably... I don't. I mean, come on, I don't. There's no Uh, way I do. But, But... well, I do. I know yeah. I do. But they're so great. They're I don't fantastic. even care. Because the utility that they give me, I will take it, man. It's it's fine. So anyway, so how do you use them? Like, what's so great about them to you? So that was my question, and I, I 
because I didn't, it's not that I was listening to music all the time. I didn't, I didn't need them. And, but I heard lots of people talk about how great they are. The thing that they did a great job of is the form factor. So they've got this little case, you can carry it around your pocket, you pop it in, your music starts playing right away, which is a big deal. It sounds stupid, but it just automatically plays. You don't have to pull out your phone. So same thing with an audiobook. So I listened to a lot of audiobooks on Audible. Mm-hmm. And um, I bet the amount of books that I've read since I got those AirPods is doubled. Really? Just because I can pull it out at any time, I can pop it in and I can get 10 minutes or 15 right. minutes. Uh, and then since I've already got them in, if I need to take a call, it's great. I start to use Siri a lot more. Um, How's that treating you? Uh, uh, yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's more fault with Siri than I think it is with the actual no, AirPods. Agreed. And then before James, you weigh in just real quick, an, another callback to a previous episode, we were talking about um, the reshaping of entertainment and cable top boxes. And I specifically called out AirPods to what you're talking about. So when I get home, like my urge to turn on the TV is very slow because I'm untethered. And so that means whatever I've been listening to in the car automatically starts playing on my AirPods, whether it be a podcast or a book. And now I am completely untethered from my phone or my TV to go about what I'm doing and still being entertained. So I agree with you. The Siri thing, um, again, agree with you. Like it works when I want it to work, um, meaning I can invoke it. Um, but does it do what I ask it to do? Not really. Um, but that's coming. They're, they're, knock on wood working on it with their their home pod coming out or whatever they're calling it what i thought was interesting about this is um so years ago in my last gig i had a creative director that i worked with who had to be the first in on everything she's always like i did this and i did that and blah 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 and she walked out of her office one day with google glass on and i mm. burst into tears laughing and i didn't i couldn't help it and I think it wasn't just her. She just happened to be the person wearing it. But the thing about it is Google Glass made you look ridiculous. It made you look like just like a, an arrogant moron. I was, and that's what ultimately what did it in. And that's why snap specs like are a loser too. Like they just, they make you look dumb. That's what's cool about this is that my first thought was if you're really trying to do some sort of augmentation through sensory perception why make yourself look stupid in the process? And that's what's cool about this is actually it just goes in your ear. And over time, it'll get smaller and smaller and smaller and, and undescript. And if you can hook up the artificial intelligence or the uh, assistive agent to it, I think it's a massive opportunity. And I think it's one where it's going to seem a little flaky to people. But as people get more and more in tune with being more than themselves or having access to tools. Like the thing about Pixel Buds, even though I've heard that they've gotten mixed reviews, I don't have a Pixel phone, so I don't use them. But I've heard great idea, short on delivery a little bit, but I love the idea of having a translator in here. I mean, it's very Star Trek, right? But it's like on top of us right now. And it's one of those things where, well, what else could it be whispering to me? Like, will I ever have to actually commit anything to memory ever again? Will I actually just no. be walking around and it'll be like, by the way, James, don't forget it's Ben's birthday. He likes things in blue. And yeah. Yeah. Man, that sounds, it sounds creepy, but I think that's, that is the utility that is coming very fast that most people don't think about with this. So, um, I mean, today, what are, what do we use earphones for? We use them mainly for music and that's it. Maybe phone, phone calls, calls right? uh, alpha brainwaves. If you're Brandon Gredler, there you yeah. go. So <laughs> light yes. charging in your brain. Light charge, but yeah. when you start to think about recording, mm-hmm. which is scary, but also the fact that you don't have to remember things, you can go back to a specific moment in time, but people who are hard of hearing in a loud room. So, uh, the hear ones, uh, one of the women in our office had a had them and was able to tune yeah, out yeah. specific sounds or inside a movie theater like dial up just just voice. It's pretty 
pretty unbelievable. So when that starts to happen, you combine that with the ability to do translation and then a little bit of an assistant on top of it. If these things are small enough, it almost becomes, why wouldn't you wear them? If they can actually augment and make your life better. And I think that they can. And I think that that's probably a year and a half, two years away. I think this is the first thing that we start to see where it's a quote unquote wearable that actually makes you better. Mm Mm-hmm. Versus just tells you something that you already. Well, did. I think what's really interesting about it too is um, the industry has a head start, right? There is a hearing aid industry, and this can sound really lame, but in reality, a lot of these emerging technologies don't have a springboard industry to push off of. They're mm-hmm. relatively net new. The hearing aid industry has been sticking things in people's ears for years, and I'd be fine with the guy who's in charge of product for Beltone Petite or whatever it is. I'd be like, we should get into this, right? We're already sticking stuff in people's ears. We just have to figure out how to do this. I mean, I think it's actually a really cool opportunity. Yeah, from an acquisition standpoint, though, you would just buy them for their speaker technology mm-hmm. instead of lending you their software technology, right? Mm-hmm. When, you th- when you think about it, you think about hearables, it's forever it's been an output, right? It just takes this thing, whether it be cable or not, and it just pumps whatever noises into your ear. And it's now functioning as an input device, right, through language detection and things like that. And that that's going to happen. And then the secondary output is it can then communicate to some other device, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the true point, I'll go, I'll, I'll short you and go um, 12 to 18 months. I don't think it's going to be two years. Um, I think at the rate that we're seeing um, the watch integrate with the phone, integrate with Siri, which will integrate with whatever. And that's just Apple. That's not even talking about Amazon or, or Google or anybody like that. But once... I can have an input output device in my ear that is somehow tied to what I'm looking at, right? Which will be the next iteration of Google Glass Mm -hmm. that's somehow tied to my identity in the cloud, right? My calendars, birthdays, my personal CRM, to your Mm -hmm. point about a birthday. And you get into facial recognition and shit like that and voice recognition. There's software out there um, that actually knows that the three of us are talking because we have enough recorded um, times that we spat bullshit into like a, a microphone. Freemium model where they give you the hearable for free as long as they can port in advertising to your ear, right? That was, <laughs> sounds <laughs> you terrible. You take, take my money immediately. <laughs> but yeah. you know what? These things aren't going to be you cheap. charge me $100 a month for that service. Well, that's it, man. I mean, that's my thought on hearable. I think they're big. I, I, it's actually one of the trends that I, that I look at. Like, there are some obvious ones, right? Like, we talked about it, you know, AI and all this stuff. There's some questionable ones. Uh, blockchain, which is another, like we saw last time we recorded, we've seen some interesting stuff happen in blockchain. That one remains a question mark, but hearables to me, dead center, man. I get it. So I'm I think it, it checks all the boxes because there's, mm-hmm. there's not this weird cultural, uh, norm that you have to deal with because they'll be small enough to fit in your ear and you probably won't notice them. So you don't look funny. Uh, they're extremely useful. They're small enough. They're portable enough to always be on you. If they get the battery life down, then I mean, I think it's I think it's one of the bigger things. And the real impact, um, if you think about not just on the consumer side, but the experiences that are created. What's interesting to me is that if you start to move most of your interaction to voice, which I think seventy percent of voice inter seventy percent of interactions will be voice oh, in yeah. the next three to five years, then you've got to redesign all of the interfaces mm-hmm. that we exist that's it, that exist today. Uh, absolutely, man. James? I would love to call bullshit on it, but I think it's solid. <laughs> I mean, it gotta be just, name alone. And the reason I think it's solid is because I haven't had a bunch of hucksters approaching me about it. Usually, like, your, your inbox starts to fill up with, like, questionable people trying to sell you dubious data-driven this or .ai that I... Excuse me, .ai that. And, and I haven't heard any of that. Like, it's mostly just solid production. 
Speaking of dubious and questionable people. And cultural norms. And, What's going on? Yes. <laughs> what about the, the whole Logan Paul thing? I mean, we uh, feel like we got to talk about it. So I'll do a quick brief recap and kind of go around the horn. So Logan Paul is a... For uh, anybody who hasn't read the internet recently. I, I mean... I didn't know honestly, who this guy I didn't know was. Who he was until he did this and what he. I'm not saying who he is, but what he yeah. did. What who he is is um, a 22 year old who still uses the term vlogger, which is <laughs> just really interesting as well. But um, so on the way back machine and so, looked that big up. Yeah, I think he went into Wikipedia. Like, what do I do? And he found like this old article. It's like, oh, vlog, cool. It's like blog with video. Um, so he's this <laughs> got a genuine laugh out of Ben. All right, 2018 is off to a good start. Um, and he is these, this new wave of young YouTube sensations. Have you seen Gary Vee talk about or any of these sort of talking heads talk about YouTube sensations? He is one of them. Um, there is a forest in Japan. I forget the um, exact name of it, but it translates into... Anyway, it's become to known as the Suicide Forest, right? So it's like our Golden Gate Bridge or these famous places in Michigan and all the stuff that people go to commit suicide. It's called Suicide Forest. He goes into it. And they actually see a uh, body that is hanging um, and films a reaction. And it wasn't live, did some post pro to it, did some edits to it, um, broadcast it, published it on YouTube. And there's, before we get into it, there's some other moving parts to it, which is uh, not only was it showing a quasi um, obscure dead body. YouTube left it up for multiple of hours. Six enough, million views, right? Seven million by the time it took it down, enough to get it trending um, without doing anything about it. So with that, we can discuss Logan Paul and platforms roles and everything that we're seeing. I, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a bigger topic, right? So I, I touched upon this at the very beginning with the whole Christmas present thing. And what's really interesting to watch is the transition of YouTube from novelty to YouTube as mainstream distribution platform. And people take it very seriously. I got to be honest, I, as a content consumer don't take it all that seriously, but it's turning into a serious thing. And as a result, you're starting to see non-serious people play in a serious field. And there are serious consequences that I don't think a lot of them get. I think when you go around calling yourself a vlogger and wandering around the suicide forest with a Yoda hat on, and then you go and you video that, you know, there should be people helping you understand the ramifications, right? And how you're not Vice News. I mean, it was the conversation we had just the other day. Like if Vice News went through uh, the suicide forest to do a documentary on despair in japan and they showed a dead body it'd be perfectly acceptable whether it was on youtube or on broadcast but because this cat does it and he does it the way he does it that was the issue and then don't even get me into the non-apology apology that came out twice from this thing but yeah i just think it's it's non-serious people that are starting to play in a more serious field um and uh, i think that leaves the door open for people who can pick up the baton on what's obviously taking place in the market. Right? So I didn't follow it all the way through. Can you, can you get into the non-apology apology? Because one of my favorite ones I've gotten recently was, uh, I'm sorry you didn't understand. Was we that, live what in was the age of the apology? non-apology apology. And this actually is prevalent mostly in the sexual harassment outings, right? Which yeah. people getting coming out and they're, they're saying they're sorry without actually admitting they're sorry. You know, they're uh, trying to sh show contrition without actually being contrite. And that was, this was a classic example. And obviously, since I, I'm not allowed to keep my laptop up and, and during this and uh, get distracted, That's I don't right. have it in front of me. But when I read it, Every sentence began with I, I this, I that, I didn't know, I'm not used to, I'm experiencing, I'm lucky to have people in my life, da, 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 da. It was literally just another 
form of like self-centeredness. Hmm. Um, and then I think he followed up with another one, which nobody else read because they were so appalled by the first one. But it was just like continually compounding mistake after mistake. And you have to ask yourself, it's so serial in nature. Is, is the, are these people doing this on purpose just to generate? There's a great, I'm not getting weighed in too far into politics, um, but New York, New York Magazine had this great article about how Trump had no intention of winning at all. And it was literally just a play to bolster the brand image and up profit. And when it started to turn his way, they all started to panic, right? And we do live in an age where celebrity equals, you know, money. So if that's the case, you have to question the motive of any of these actions and say, are they are they purposely doing this? And as a result, you know, does that put a different lens on it? And and just to shift the conversation a little bit like i want you to weigh in on logan paul but one thing that i thought about was the implications of platforms over the users of the platform right and because youtube came out and they they're like oh we're sorry yeah and then they had a community of people like fuck you man like what do you mean you're sorry like you 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 trended off this you trended all this stuff so what are your thoughts on this overall relationship of it brings up a big question about what's the responsibility of a platform and you know, what they'll tell you is we're a platform and we facilitate interactions or we facilitate content the same way we're not a news organization. Like that's their big thing because that means we don't have a responsibility we're not a to deal service. with, we're with a fake news. Company. Right. And I think that that, that is a, uh, it's a little bit of a cop out, but also it's, it's a business model and they've been rewarded for that and with extreme valuations and extreme success. And so they, they've gotten away with it. The challenge with a network is that as more people get on it, it becomes more and more valuable, more and more eyeballs. But I think the responsibility of that network has to at some point flip. Like you can't just cop out and say, I'm not responsible for every user when that network has so much of an impact. I mean, the thing with YouTube that, that, I, that is a challenge to me is that is the number one place that kids go today to get their content. And it's where I'm starting to sound like an old man. But frankly, I don't understand it in the way that your son looks at it. I, I just don't understand watching other people play video games and and just... Did you, I, see, did you see American Vandal? Yeah. That, yeah. that was great, it, but Twitch was very prominently featured movie. in that. And there's and a it's sort not of like... I, First-person voyeurism. Yeah, that is something that that uh, the millennials and the next generation well, the, is is very focused in. It's very, it's chemically driven, right? Like watching people live a successful life is the chemical equivalent of living a successful life. Yep. Like your your brain's yes. not smart enough to know the difference. And and real quick, real aside, I, I want you to get to your point uh, just about Twitch. Did you guys see the what happened with the UFC? Uh-uh. It's a fucking hilarious, right? So UFC is pay-per-view driven. Like they just got purchased by WME, like all this stuff. Pretty pretty big company. Um, Four billion, all this stuff. Uh, this guy live streamed the UFC pay-per-view by pretending he was playing a video game. So the algorithms couldn't tell. So essentially he superimposed himself on the pay-per-view <laughs> with a remote control and pretended to control the live action on the oh, screen really and would like funny. react to real-time hits and streamed it to hundreds of thousands of people for free. Oh, that's brilliant. It's pretty legit. Sorry, that's your, point to, your point on platforms, my bad, man. No, so so the if, you, if, if I kind of take a step back, the, the question becomes, what role does the platform have 
and are these platforms having a net positive or net negative effect? And, and I think we had there's a CB Insights poll that went around, yep. which is in 10 years, which company will we say has a net negative impact on society? 59% was Facebook, Yeah, which is really interesting. YouTube doesn't show up on here. Google, Google 4%. Ish, but I don't think people associate the two. I don't think people associate the two. So it didn't even show up. And my question is, if this is where that generation is going to start to get the majority of their content and entertainment, are we going to start to have censorship and decency laws like we did on broadcast in this space? And there's some... I don't know that I want that. I just think that there has to be some sort of control. Yeah, I, I mean, it, get, it gets back to, like, children, to your point about being a grumpy old man and things like that. I think it gets to, it, it's a different skill set, and I don't fully understand how to teach it, but navigating the, the internet is a skill, right? Uh, I know people who don't have that. I know people that, so the one thing that Facebook does really well is it makes you think that it's just you and your friends, right? They, yep. they hide the fact that they are technically the internet, 51% of blah, 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 right? Um, but you have to understand that you are in an algorithmic echo chamber. There's no two ways about it. They are only doing the things that they think that will get you to stay there longer. There's entire hundreds of millions of dollars and thousands of people thinking about how to get you to spend this much longer, right? You've got to know that you're in that trap, but I don't know how you instill that in a seven-year-old, right? Or a 10-year-old or even a 40-year-old. I mean, I know 40, 50, 60-year-olds that I'm like, you do know what you're doing, right? No, it's really interesting. Not at all. Have you guys seen The Young Turks? Have you ever watched The Young Turks on YouTube? Yeah. I love... I love them. I don't watch them with as much regularity, and I got to be honest. I don't. I don't think I necessarily love them because of what they say. But I. I love the idea of this hybrid between uh, like aggressive mainstream news coverage that actually has a little bit of, you know, uh, Edward R. Murrow in it, like you know, some righteous indignation. Like uh, we grew up with feeling good about things with like you know even what sixty minutes still does today, because uh, you don't see that in mainstream news coverage anymore. And as a result, it was great to see it. But I love them because they've been able to persist over time. They've actually been able to make a business out of it. So they've shown that you can actually go and leverage a lot of what's great about online content distribution and legitimate broadcast online without having to go and be obnoxious and stupid and wear a Yoda hat and suicide forest and all that other stuff and non-apology apologies. It, it, it is a bit of a matured audience from the, the seven-year-old lost in the YouTube What'd you call it? Moosecraft? Moosecraft Moose and craft. unspeakable. And I, and I think you, you, you started to see some stuff, man, like um, in the UK with the hate speech of the mega, mega platforms of Facebook and the, the um, conflict tags and all this, this stuff that's coming out. And I just wanted to pause real quick back to that question that they asked, which is a mega question. Net negative on society. Like they're not parsing words. They weren't um, for this generation, for that behavior, just blanket. And like, what was it, 50... 59% 59% said Facebook over any other platform. Mm -hmm. Man, well, wow. it's look at the, but it's the prevalence, right? Facebook is so dominant. And as a result, I think it makes people more acutely aware of the, the drawbacks of being on Facebook. And, it, and it's coming off of uh, the fake news and the Russia investigation and all this stuff. And into one of our, one of our points about AI and about smart things, we always talk about how um, echoes the Trojan horse, right? Um, I don't think people actually understand or appreciate how much Google and Amazon know about them, right? I think Facebook is in a temporary spot of hot water and they're slowly being exposed. And I think that if people are actually understand what's really going on, um, those numbers might skew a little bit because if you go from 50 or 59 down to six, that doesn't hold. Right? Yeah. And if you look at what Google does and there's, you know, their thing is don't be evil and 
the fact that you the, have to say that, though, I know. Gonna tip you. That, and that, that's what that, exactly that's what it is because Wink. they fundamentally control all <laughs> of the information do? across the world and definitely in the U.S. And it's it's an absolute monopoly. Uh, and I was reading uh, Zero to One, uh, Peter Thiel's book. Yeah. And the thing that he talks about is how everything else that they do is just a smoke show just to to just to make you think that they're not a monopoly. Yep. Like, we're not a monopoly. We do autonomous cars. No, you don't. You're a monopoly in search. You know, no, we've we got Android. No, no, it's not. You're a monopoly in search. Yep. And, yep. and so they're, they're just trying to get you to look the other way so that you don't realize that they actually control all of the information. It's, it's really frightening. You know, when you, when you, and I don't mean to be apocalyptic about it, but Facebook and Google <laughs> will actually be. have, they have us, right? You think about, so the reason I think, the conversations I've heard about Facebook have been, have been less about Russia or fake news, and they've been more about, I'm coming to understand that I don't like it very much, and I actually think it's got some net downside in terms of like reinforcing, you know, circular conversations. And mm-hmm. I like, if I go and I rant about something, I'm just ranting to people that are already ranting, and it's really not making a difference. But what else am I going to do? Right. There's like things like Facebook withdrawal where people are like, I tried to withdraw myself from Facebook, but I get so bored. I can't go on the Internet because that would make me look for stuff. I'm used to being served things. And it's, it's really because people, I think, are a little agitated that they've been pushed into this way of behavior. And now they find that way of behavior disappointing, but they can't go and do anything else. The thing with Google, I will say, is they it's not the don't be evil. It's how surreptitiously they did it. Right. They essentially went, hey, by the way, you know. Uh, we're going to go and we're going to make it easy for you to find anything you want so you don't have to go and like hit all these servers a million times. And we're just going to extract a little tiny toll along the way. You know, and, it, and it's when they did it, they have captured information, which blows my mind. It like, it's been blowing my mind for years. And every time I'm on Google, I'm like, I'm not sure if this is 100% great. Well, I think it's great because I understand what they're doing. They're making my life better. And that toll is just a little bit of your soul. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, before we get out of here on the, one of the lowest notes of any cocktails and questions podcast that we've done, 2018 is off to a great start. Um, let's go around the horn real quick about the coolest thing we've seen this week. So I'm going to go first this time. I'm going to mix it up, but then I'm going to stay the same because I'm going to go last because I got a little bonus for you guys. Yeah. So first up, what's the coolest thing I've seen this week? California legalizes weed. Wholesale, ready to rock. Federal government still controls it. That's a different topic. Um, but anytime that I, I feel that when you give people the right to choose, especially how they take care of themselves, whether it be recreational or through medicine, I'm a big fan of it. Um, and they've, they've been part and parcel to this whole movement nationwide of letting people freely choose what they do or do not put in their bodies. So here, here, California, man, I, it's the coolest thing I've seen all week. What do they say now? One in five people live in a state where weed is legal? That's right. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I gotta say that's that's probably the domino. Like that's the one. Yep. It's just, well, just I, not not to argue. As I, goes California. I know that's not even really a saying, but <laughs> I think it's as goes money, right? So I don't even think it's California's the domino. I think it's hey, look at our tax collecting. Colorado comes in. Washington comes in. Like look at all this money. And there's one thing that people love is money. Right? How much money is enough? Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Right? And and we're gonna get, you get into the stuff about like lobbyists and stuff like that. But I mean, like I said, man, anytime you give people personal freedom um, to to choose, a, a big fan of that. So my coolest thing of the week, I told you, I bought a car, uh, and so I'm still reeling from that terrible experience. <laughs> and so uh, I saw in the uh, Alibaba is now moving into selling cars in China. But they're doing it in a way that I wish I would have had, which is vending machines, 
kind of like Carvana, except the difference is you open the app, you take a picture of whatever car that you want. They'll then tell you where that car is located in a garage. You take a selfie, you go to the garage, it automatically takes a deposit out of your account. It gives you the code. You take that car for up to three days, drive it around, and if you want it, you just keep it. Love it. So awesome. That so is awesome. Rolling qualifying awesome. question. I take a picture of a car in a vending machine, or I can take any picture on take the street. Take a picture of any car. On the street, and it will yep. say it's something similar is located here. Yes. You know, awesome. Side note, I know this is supposed to be the cool thing, but there was a great article in Wired last month about how Alipay is creating a whole new credit score system that runs your entire life. If you haven't had a chance to read is it. Is this the social pay? You uh, actually have to have a above a 700. Yes. And you can be socially shunned and excluded. The social or, credit. Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. It's, it, it was... It blew my mind reading that article. And because it, it was like, it was the realization of a lot of people, I don't want to say their fears, but their suspicions of how far it can all really go, trying to like, you know, control everything. So coolest thing for me, US this year in 2017, we regained the edge in the space race. That was actually really cool for a couple of reasons. One, we had more orbital launches than any other country. Uh, and we actually had no uh, aborts or, or uh, issues like that. So uh, I thought it was really cool for two reasons. One, um, I think space is an important thing for us as a people. But two, it actually rationalizes and justifies the private market approach to it that the Obama administration put out. So again, that was a really, really solid data point. I thought it was cool, and I actually really loved it. And none of those were government-sponsored, right? They're, no, they were all SpaceX, private. So yeah. Blue Origin. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So in the future, I can buy a car from a vending machine, drive it to a weed dispensary, then take and that, then take that car to my space and get high That's on right. all sorts of levels, man. <laughs> I love it. All right. My, my, my bonus cool thing of the week, um, we have an artificial intelligence partner um, of which we've been working with over the past couple of days and weeks, which we've been able to create one of the... Um, a, a really compelling net new music composition based off of AI. So to me, it's a super awesome uh, example of human machine interface. So if you haven't turned us off yet, uh, stay tuned. We'll close out the show with one of the first examples of composition of AI created music for Ben Gaddis, James Lanyon, uh, the entire Cocktails and Questions crew. Here's the 2018. We will see you guys soon. Adios. Take care.